truck and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. Greetings and welcome to the Steve Dace Show on Blaze TV Radio, later on on demand and podcast. I am not Steve Dace. More on that in just a little bit. If you would, please give us a like on Facebook, who, you know, keeps telling us that we have just over 106,500 likes for the last two to three years, and that is totally legit. After a few days last week, Todd, of, you know, getting messages from people saying they were seeing our stuff in their newsfeed again, we've gone back, I think, to actually declining in likes. So be sure to like us a couple times over there on Facebook. And if you're listening to the podcast, please let us know if you enjoy it, you know. Write a review. Write a, write a four- or five-star review. That would be much appreciated. Coming up later on on today's show, before I tell you where Steve is, don't worry. He's fine, I think. Kind of. Freaked out, insecure, and neurotic. Or freaked out, insecure, neurotic, and emotional. That's what fine means. Um, later <laughs> on today's show, uh, we're going to be playing a game of buy, sell, or hold. That's going to be on a plethora of topics. And Inside Politics with Daniel Horowitz will be coming up into hour two. Now... Getting the uh, uh, the dealing with the elephant in the room here, as you may have noticed over the last couple of days, we've been having a little bit of a problem here in our studio. What's going on is that um, there are some things with stingers on them. We're not sure if they're bees or wasps. We're pretty sure they're wasps, but that's been causing some problems because Steve is actually allergic, like deathly allergic to stingy things like bees and wasps, and so that has caused some issues. Now on Monday. Todd and I were able to do a great job of just kind of glossing over it. You might have remembered about 10 minutes where it was just him and I kind of going back and forth. Uh, Yesterday, not so much. And then today, before Steve even came in, I told Todd, you know, I feel like these wasps are just kind of sending scouts down to kind of scout out the area. And they're going to return before we know it with like a full armada and just going to start stinging indiscriminately uh, at all three of us. And uh, sure enough, when Steve came in, he just walked in. He was in here for like 30 seconds. He started walking over to where Todd is sitting right now, where, you know, Steve usually sits. And what's on the desk right in front of him? True news. Another wasp. So with uh, all of that said, Steve has been sent to the B-Free Annex in another part of this compound in Urbondale, Iowa. And uh, that's where he joins us for the show today. And right, like, literally 10 seconds before we went on the air, I really appreciated this, boss. I really appreciated what you did. You're like, all right, you guys keep treating me as a color commentary today, and you guys just run the show. And I'm like, cool, cool. That's going to be – that's really good. Um, So I guess I'm going to kind of be engineering things and just tossing it to both of you uh, throughout the course of the the, the show today and – you know, it is what it is. But uh, how are things other than the, t- the uh, temperature over there, Steve? You know, you know how much I love being hot. Um, yeah. And, and I mean, I just exude so much hotness that internally that external heat and me aren't friends. But I mean, you can you can dial this into a sauna and it's better than coming in and going to sit in my chair and see that I have to I've got an arm wrestle a wasp for it. So. Um, it just goes to show, you know, with all the technology we have available uh, these days and, and and the fact that we are at the top of the food chain, even without that technology, and yet we can we can be humbled by a nest of wasps uh, in your ventilation system. Good thing is maintenance is coming uh, after we get off the air today, uh, hopefully to deal with this problem uh, once and for all. But um, the audience is, is going to have to put up with me 
on a, on Skype uh, doing it uh, old school. Yeah. Uh, you know, from a, from a corner office here. So we, we, we literally just had to engineer all of this in the last 10 minutes. So I, I, we're st- st- it'll be fun. You guys will get to watch us uh, try to masking tape and MacGyver this uh, motherless goat in real time. I, we haven't even figured out who's going to do the live reads and all that stuff. I mean, I have them in front of me. You guys want me to do them uh, or do you want to do them? Uh, do you, you, wanna- you need to do them actually as the host. Okay. The magic of Hollywood before yes. your very eyes. Contractually speaking, <laughs> yeah. you, you are supposed to do them if you're here. So Yeah, yeah. Pay pay no attention uh to the wasps behind the curtain, yeah. apparently. Right. Yeah. Um so uh, we've got a lot going on today. Aaron mentioned what's coming up with the show. Uh I, I wish Riduzone was a wasp repellent. Uh the, but but it is a repellent uh for uh for your own body fat. And and here's how it works. With Riduzone, it sends a signal from your gut up to your brain, which is supposed to be there already. Just for too many of us, it doesn't work the way it's supposed to. And that's where Riduzone comes in. It just boosts that signal, which is called OEA. It doesn't contain a bunch of chemicals or stimulants or caffeine. It's just that signal, which helps you, uh, you know, regulate your portion sizes and, and regulate uh, your own cravings and get them under control as you attempt to get healthier. This could be the missing ingredient for why, even though you're trying to do what's right and you're being more active and you're working out, you're still not quite seeing the results that you were hoping for. Before you quit, try Riduzone. Use my name, Steve, for a special offer when you go to the when you go to the website, riduzone.com. That's R-I-D-U. Z-O-N-E for Riduzone.com. And now, Aaron, it's your turn to let us know what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away? Brought to you by Overreaching. Joaquin Castro, the brother of presidential candidate Ulian Castro and the chair of that campaign, published the names and businesses of San Antonio, Texas area maximum donors to President Trump in an attempt to publicly shame them. That sparked a lot of outrage, but Castro, of course, didn't back down. What do you say to those people this morning who said, I made a campaign donation and now I'm going to be harassed? I'm going to have people protesting outside my business or perhaps even my home. What do you say to them? Do you want them to repent for their support for Donald Trump or what do you want from them? Well, the first thing is that I don't want anybody harassed or targeted. But they will be because you put their names in public. Look, that, that was not my intention but that's these things are these things are public no what i would like for them to do is think twice about supporting a guy who is fueling hate in this country and do you agree do you agree in this congressman do you agree that in this culture and believe me i'm making no equivalency to what donald trump's doing we're on the record on this show three hours a morning about the ads that they're putting up about the rhetoric he uses but if you agree that rhetoric can lead to incitement even if it just triggers one person to do something terrible does it give you any pause about putting these people's names out in public well Willie they're already public they're already out there there are 11 retirees and one homemaker who are not public And this was already circulating. I shared it, so I didn't create the graphic. Tucker Carlson made a bunch of people angry over his comments on white supremacy during last night's program. But the whole thing is a lie. If you were to assemble a list, a hierarchy of concerns, of problems this country faces, where would white supremacy be on the list? Right up there with Russia, probably. It's actually not a real problem in America. The combined membership of every white supremacist organization in this country would be able to fit inside a college football stadium? I mean, 
Seriously. NBC News contributor and former FBI Assistant Director Frank Figliuzzi was on MSNBC yesterday to provide some insight into why Trump's order to lower the flags to half-mast is actually a sign of white supremacy. We have to understand the adversary and the threat we're dealing with. And if we don't understand how they think, we'll never understand how to counter them. So it's little things and language and messaging that matters. The president said that we will fly our flags at half-mast until August 8th. That's 8-8. Now, I'm not going to imply that he did this deliberately, but I am using it as an example of the ignorance of the adversary that's being demonstrated by the White House. The numbers 8-8 are very significant in neo-Nazi and white supremacy movement. Why? Because the letter H is the eighth letter of the alphabet. And to them, the numbers 8-8 together stand for Heil Hitler. So we're going to be raising the flag back up uh, at dusk on 8-8. No one's thinking about this. Nicole Wallace of NBC also said this. President Obama used the power of the presidency Mm -hmm. to try to pass comprehensive immigration reform with the Latino community, Latino leaders at the table. You now have a president, as you said, talking about exterminating Latinos. Wait, what was that? You now have a president, as you said, talking about exterminating Latinos. Wallace later apologized for the remark. In completely unrelated news, the Knight Foundation, a media research organization, recently published their new study on trust in the news media. It found that trust in the news media is at historic lows, especially with independent and so-called moderate voters. A new Quinnipiac post-debate national poll shows Elizabeth Warren continuing to surge, though she still trails frontrunner Joe Biden by about 11 points. Kamala Harris lost some ground, according to Quinnipiac, falling 5 points to 7%. Marianne Williamson is nowhere to be found. Stephen Crowder took his Change My Mind series on the road once again, this time to the White House, where he talked to a man wearing a T-shirt with the caption, I am Jesus Christ. Take your hands off, you little boy. Keep your off. 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 Right. Hey, get your hands off me. What is this What is this Hey, boy, I'm going after my stuff, you tool. I haven't raised my hand to you once. Once. What is this crap? This Bruce, crap! Bruce, Eat Bruce, sh- you ass! You! Jesus Christ, ladies and gentlemen! Article at the Huffington Post It might be time to cut my right wing Trump loving in laws out of my kids' lives. Yes, author Hannah Selinger explains why she says she wants her kids to have grandparents, but not ones who believe the things her in laws do. And now learning Spanish today. Today's phrase is Grandma, why does mommy wear that pink hat? Abuela, ¿por qué mamá usa ese sombrero rosa? And finally, former Ohio University basketball standout Donnell Cooper was trying to catch on with the team overseas when a drug test revealed that he was pregnant. Apparently, Cooper used his girlfriend's urine to try and skirt a drug test and learned in bizarre fashion that the couple was expecting. And that's what happened while we were away. So let's uh, start from the end towards the beginning with that very last story. I can't remember if we actually talked about this on air yesterday, Steve. But um, the irony, the irony of some of the reaction of that last story, which is a funny story, uh, let's not make any bones about that, but the reaction and the source of the reaction to that story has been priceless in its irony, to say the least. 
Well, for, for people that are watching us today on Blaze TV or listening to us on Blaze Radio or the podcast later on, on demand, that aren't big into sports and don't follow sports media, what, what you may not understand uh, is sports media is actually more monolithically lefty than even mainstream media. Um, you'll run into a few people, uh, you know, a Joel Klatt at Fox Sports, uh, a Matt Hayes, who I think is at, uh, uh, I think he's at Yahoo or SB Nation, used to be the college football writer uh, for uh, for the Sporting News. There, there will be a few exceptions of those kinds of folks, but by and large, I mean, this is why Clay Travis has had such a, a booming industry in sports media, doing nothing but trolling ESPN from the right, even though he's a lifelong Democrat, right, who used to work for Tom Daschle. He just thinks that, you know, these lefties have, have deserted him. They've gone off. He's kind of the Dave Rubin, if you will, of, of sports media people. And and this is why he has you know, been such a boom industry the last few years, because he is monolithically owning this space against the rest of these lefty sports writers. And you really see it in the offseason, which means the non-football season or non-Major League Baseball or NBA playoff season. When they when they retweet their stuff, it, it's all it, I mean, it's Mother Jones. Um it's Joaquin Castro is a hero kind of a stuff is what will be in your in their feeds uh, when they're when they're when when we're not doing a major sports season. And, and, and the reason this is relevant to this story is because the most of these folks also believe that you can just declare your own gender, that that uh, gender is a social construct, that if we don't let uh, uh, creeps into women's bathrooms, we're bigots. Uh, that uh, if if we den- if, if we're denying you uh, were racists, if we accept science, we're bigoted, right? All the stuff we talk about here in, in this kind of a space on a daily basis. And yet many of those exact same people have been lampooning this poor DJ Cooper for just living out his truth. I mean, first of all, I mean, I, I mean, all the smart people, I, I am told that if I don't accept that a man can become pregnant, I will be uh, universally banned uh, from every platform, you know? So I, I don't I don't know why they're mocking him. He's living out his truth. I, I thought we weren't to assume genders. I, I all the smartest people these days are telling me, and, and all of you that are watching and listening to us, that, that men can have babies and get pregnant. We just had a story on this show last week, you know, where Pink News w- was wondering if periods are too, period uh, marketing is too gender specific, which means, I guess, men can have periods too. So I, 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 wh- what's the basis for this mocking of DJ Cooper? I, I sort of see him as the, 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 the fulfillment of their progressive wish casting, gentlemen. Yeah, and Todd, uh, this this type of thing is, I think, part and parcel to I, this is this is just a small taste again of the real, just unvarnished it. And I think we talked about this last time that you and I were just together. This is just an unvarnished version of what we see in the mainstream media every day. What we see in sports media and when they try to get into politics and get away from sports is just an unvarnished, just kind of a raw look at what's behind most people who work in the mainstream media every day. Which is why we're living in the middle of a chaos that cannot be controlled uh, via legislation, uh, via traditional means of debate and conversation. Uh, we, we've been telling you for a long time on this show that we're in the middle uh, of a civil war. And that uh, one of the main characteristics is this civil war is the fact that we need to lay out the kind of thing that Steve uh, just laid out. This is not 
This is not something where reasonable people can simply come together. The, the re, there, the, there are really not many reasonable people anymore in many respects. We've been swimming in this water where up is down and down is up for so long uh, that it, something far, a far greater shift than bromides like, can't we all just get along? No, we can't. We can't anymore. Quite frankly, we're living in a time right now that is very similar to uh, the lead up to World War II uh, v- v- uh, following World War One, where many things weren't settled, we are about to re-enter a time uh, the uh, the equivalent of World War Two after the 1968 uh, uh, elections, the Roaring Sixties, uh, the, the the chaos that uh, enveloped that time in that election. Things kind of calmed down, but we really didn't take care of a lot of things. We buried them underground, and I think we are now entering into that next uh, great political uh, American war, and. It it's going to be nasty. Yeah, and I, I want to go back to the very beginning of the, the montage, and I have a, a kind of a question, and I think I already know the answer to it, but I'm going to pose it anyways. Joaquin Castro, uh, I believe he is a member of, uh, of Congress right now, and he published. Now, we've had, we've had things like this before. We've had staff, I believe, I can't remember, I think it was uh, Diane Feinstein's staff maybe, who, uh, who were responsible for the doxing during the Brett Kavanaugh saga back Correct. last yep. year. We've yep. had people close to members of Congress. I think this is, and this is the question I have for both of you, I think this is new territory where we have, where we have members of Congress openly. Now, this is, this is doxing, um, but it's, I mean, these people, some of these people on the list that Joaquin Castro circulated they were not even business owners they were just retirees they were just private citizens is this new territory now have the terms of engagement changed with the left now that we're into this territory i i I don't it's new but it's more of a fulfillment of where it was always going to go um and if you you know we used to think and when, when when they first started charting out the talking point that the only reason you would disagree with, with, with what they want to do to Western civilization. The only reason you would disagree is you're a racist, misogynistic, xenophobic, homophobic bigot. We originally thought that, and we were correct, that that, that was just done to marginalize opposition so that they wouldn't have to, once they've demeaned you, then you're not worthy of being addressed. You're, you're beneath contempt at that point. And then they moved on to, um, if you won't amend your the, the next phase was the bake the cake bigot phase that you will be made to care uh, phase as Eric Erickson coined that phrase uh, where if you will not go along with this if nuns will not get slutty uh, if if Hobby Lobby will not uh, pay for for baby killings if Chick Fil A will will not uh, conform uh, to the new tolerance then they have to be uh, compelled and put out of business either via private protest in the case of Chick-fil-A and intimidation or by the coercive arm and force of government in the case of nuns and bakers and, uh, and florists and, and Hobby Lobby. This next phase now is really the fulfillment. It's just one plus one equals two. We often wonder, do they really, and who are the they? Because you know, I've got a piece coming out uh, t- uh, tomorrow for, for the blaze. Maybe it comes out today. I, I don't think most Democrats in your families in your neighborhoods think this way. They may have deep disagreements with you on the issues, but but they don't think this way, okay? They, they still recognize overall this thing called, um, called America 
It's a pretty damn good deal. You know, don't want to blow the whole thing up. The problem is there is no, just as there is no political manifestation for conservatives like us, there, we have no platform, no one represents us really. We have nowhere to go for our grievances. Neither do those people. They, they really don't either. And, and so there is, nothing, there is nothing in the Democratic Party actively pushing back against the new radical left. I mean, Joe Biden was brought into this race to be the return to normalcy. And we're only through two rounds of debates and, and he has abandoned every position he had that used to be accommodating. And now he wants to, now fracking's gotta go. We gotta get, we gotta shut down the state of Pennsylvania and West Virginia. I mean, we've, we've seen all the, I mean, we saw, we saw what they did to Barack Obama in the last debates, guys, and his legacy. If that, if Barack Obama is not radical enough for them, what do they think, what do you think they think about the likes of you and I? And so this is really, we've often wondered, did they really believe this stuff, this new left? Or was this just tactical? It was tactical, and now we're learning, yes, they really believe this stuff because they're just taking it to its most logical conclusion. No justice, at least as far as they define it, then no peace, not even in your own home. Yeah, and it's, uh, it is obviously obviously disconcerting, but you, you heard him in that interview where he was you know, rightly pressed by MSNBC and the, the anchors there, uh, hey, Aren't you being a little bit hypocritical here? You, you know, you heard that clip, and he's like, "Yeah, no, no, no." And that's can I can I address that real sure, quick, Aaron? Sure. Do you mind? As someone who has been on MSNBC in his career about fifty some odd times, and and has known some of those people or or been on their shows, what what I here's how I read that exchange. What I read was a host saying, "Hey, you know, we're just doing cable news here. You know, we're trying to get ratings. We're trying to get out the vote for people like you." We're just trying to beat Donald Trump. Basically the same thing that Nancy Pelosi is trying to say to uh, yes. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Hey, we're just trying to be a machine here. We're not actually trying to trying yes. to do what you want to do. Yeah, we're not we're not actual, you know, we're, we're not we're not actually, you know, naming our kids after Che Guevara around here, guys. You realize that, right? And and you see Castro sitting there saying, uh, fist in the air, man. No. 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 I mean, the the, the guns of August will sound. So it's just, is there anything on that side of, the Amer of America that can compel and rein that in? And I think you're learning that the answer is no. And I think some of these elements, including some of these people at MSNBC, like you saw in that clip, are realizing now that they thought Snoop Dogg, this show business, oh no, no, this is a revolution. And, and you cannot put the genie back in the bottle now. And, it will, it, and, and, and there's going to be more clips like that, I believe, as, as they come to full grips with the, with the Franken. You're watching on the left what we saw in the Republican Party with the emergence of Trump. I'm not drawing a direct moral equivalency, but they, they just couldn't recognize that Trump, if he was everything you thought that he, that he claimed he was, and your base was turning to him anyway, that's really a reflection of your own failure. He's your problem. You're the Dr. Frankenstein. You made him in the lab. Well, the inverse of this is happening right now is some of these elements that thought, hey, we're just doing old fashioned bias here trying to help Democrats win. You guys are trying to effing undo everything that makes this a place worth living in. You know, do you realize that? And Castro's like, word. So I, I, you're going to see more clips like that. This is this is playing out like the GOP primary with Trump. Uh, just the other just from the other direction, as far as I can see. Uh, first of all, Steve gets uh, 10 points for Gryffindor right there with the Barbara Tuckman uh, Guns of August reference. A fantastic World War I uh, history. Uh, 
Nice job, Gryffindor. Uh, secondly, this is I need to take my own advice increasingly. Uh, one of my baselines, one of my mantras for this election is that there, for well, for and the last couple of years is there's nothing aspirational about what we're doing here, but I still have default mechanisms. And right now we're learning that those default mechanisms just aren't uh, for this time. And they've been coming out ever since Castro did what he did. And people are rightly pointing out, this is why red flag laws, open tra- openness and transparency in terms of funding, people are saying our donation should be private. Listen, I think red flag laws, this is what I mean about common sense kicking in, red flag laws uh, and trans- uh, or sunlight in terms of those donations are a good thing for a reasonable people who, at the end of the day, even though they have differences, appreciate one another's humanity. If they don't do that, we have nothing to... Those are irrational principles, actually, those red frag... Because look at how they're going to be weaponized. Look at how openness and transparency are going to be weaponized. If there is nothing aspirational, and I firmly believe that to be true, you have to rethink and retrain yourself about what this election means and what your priorities are. That's brilliant analysis. And I have to check myself all the time, too, because I haven't read the actual laws. But in general, you know, I mean, in 1987, did people lose their minds when Ronald Reagan banned actually banned assault weapons 32 years ago? Did, did people lose their minds on the right? I, I don't know. I but I, I doubt it. But if, if, if we have any semblance now and I've got to remind myself, why, why, why is my audience this reactionary? And it's because of what you just pointed out, that. You, you can't have the Mensheviks and the Bolsheviks can't have uh, mutual domestic policy. The Union and the Confederacy can't have mutual domestic policy. The Hatfields and McCoys can't do it. And, and I think that's what you just what you just talked about. And that and that's where we're in this inertia right now where nothing happens. We know that there are reasonable things that could be done to help alleviate some of these issues. But no one trusts that power to be wielded by the other for what they will ultimately do. With right. it. That's what you pointed out. That's a brilliant point, Todd. Yeah, and that's kind of borne out as well a little bit in that uh, Knight Foundation study on trust in the news media. That was interesting, but not not surprising at all. I think anybody with, um, I don't know, half paying attention for the last 10 years, I think anybody with um, you know, a modicum of interest in, in the world around them could have could have predicted that to be true, that uh, that new poll. Here's where it, it, that's Study. newsworthy. The, where, where that poll is newsworthy is, is the last remaining remnant of persuadables in America are, are saying, you, we know you're not even trying to persuade us. You're trying to indoctrinate us. You're trying to compel us. And so when, when there's no what that poll shows you is. There either A, aren't really any persuadables anymore, or B, if you want to reach them, you're going to have to reach them outside of traditional media circles because they have re- realized that the game is not an acquisition of truth. It's it's a, a furthering of narrative. I, I pointed this out to Nate Silver at 538 yesterday. He was, he was going off on Clinton pollster Mark Penn for criticizing the New York Times for changing its headline on Trump's speech in response to lefty protesters on, online. And and Silver said, well, hey, they're just it's not it's not Orwell, man. They're just responding to their subscribers. Well, then, yes, then the truth is out. We're not here. This isn't a higher pursuit. We're not pursuing any truth that we are. We are. We are here to provide confirmation bias for a subscriber base. And 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 thank you, Nate Silver, for clarifying that. Now we're all now we're all keeping it real now. All right. That's we all have our own narratives we're trying to pursue. Our narrative is a biblical worldview. 
All right. But the problem isn't that they have a narrative that they want to pursue. It's that they continue to pursue it while claiming otherwise, where they pee on you right in your mouth and, t and claim that it's raining. All right. And that's and now where the persuadables, the moderates and the independents are saying we see the game and we're out of it, too. We've tapped out as well. It's going to be harder to reach persuadable voters now when there really aren't any agreed upon sources to go to for news and information that people consider to be true and accurate. All right. Quickly, before we get out of here, we got about a minute left. I, I wanted a two part question. Does the Quinnipiac poll that came out, does that tell you anything? It's a national poll, so probably not. And then uh, part two, is it just me or is there an absence of state by state polling, like a, a severe absence of state by state polling this uh, this cycle? Uh, Quinnipiac, I found to be a disappointing poll over the last few years. But it's terrible news for Kamala Harris. I don't know, know any way you could spin it, even if you think they're in, it's inflated. It's bad news for Kamala Harris. So Todd and I may need to recheck our analysis there. But your point there, where's the state by state polling? Because that's all that matters. And here's what that tells you. What that tells me is they're trying to choose who the Democratic nominee is going to be. That, and, yeah, and they're, that's they're, the, they're trying that's to keep the, the process that I out of the hands well. of the activists yeah. in, their, in their early states. That's what it tells me. Yeah. I, yeah, that's disappointing. Todd, you want to say something real quick? I would really quick? quickly. I think it gives Harris permission to be vicious. She wasn't vicious. She was on the defensive in the second debate. Uh, and uh, Elizabeth Warren has been vicious for two debates in a row. They are giving, be vicious. We want to see bloodshed. That's what the, that poll is telling her. All right, we'll be back in uh, just a few minutes. Steve Dace live from the Be Free Annex as a part of our compound. Todd Ayers and Aaron McIntyre. We'll play some buy, sell, hold when we come back. Stay tuned. And welcome back to the Steve Day Show on Blaze TV Radio. Later on on the podcast and on demand, Aaron McIntyre with you right now, along with Todd Erzin and Steve Dace himself, live from the Be Free Annex of our studio compound here in Iowa. Guys, I think it's time for a little buy, sell, or hold. Buy, sell, or hold this week brought to you by our friends at Home Title Lock. I was just doing some reading here on my phone. 106 million, 106 million people uh, have seen their personal information made vulnerable because of the latest data breach that hit Amazon and Capital One. Um, and I know you've got many of you, I do too, have identity theft protection. So you're 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 vigilant, but you're not concerned about things like credit card fraud. But where you really need to be concerned is with home title fraud. Because we've talked about this for months now. This is the new crime spree that is sweeping the country. The FBI has been warning about it. And, and, and the reason why is, is, is the, your own home is the number one investment the vast majority of Americans will ever have. So here's where a data breach like what happened with, uh, with Amazon uh, and Capital One impacts you, is even if they can't now take out a credit card and stuff in your name, they have some of the personal identif identifiable information that you use when you go online to be you. Right. And so it makes it easier, even easier for them now to go to the place where your mortgage note is kept, your home uh, title is kept online, claim to be you. Maybe they have the security password question. They know the maiden name, they, those sorts of things, the street address, where you grew up, the kinds of things we normally put in uh, in order to identify those, ourselves for security on websites like that. They now have that information. 
And then once they use that to log on, they sign their name onto your home uh, information, uh, use it as collateral while they liquidate your equity and take the money and stick you with the late payments, maybe even the foreclosure notices, all right? This is why you wanna get home title lock for just pennies a day. They'll put a virtual barrier around your home's title so that doesn't happen to you. And right now they're offering 60 days risk-free protection at HomeTitleLock.com. Just enter in your home to see if you're already a victim. All right, 60 days risk-free protection to protect the most valuable investment most Americans will ever have and their most important one, their own homes. 60 days risk-free at HomeTitleLock.com. All right, buy, sell, or hold. Let's uh, get to it here. We'll start with Hark the Sound, who says, once stems control Congress and the presidency, a major gun grab will take place without having to repeal the Second Amendment. I think that's an easy buy, Todd. No, certainly buy. I mean, I I don't know if that implies automatic uh, success, but an attempt, uh, absolutely. Steve? So so we were just talking uh, in the last segment. I mentioned... Joe Biden was supposed to be the normalcy candidate. And you saw he has been pushed now in, into the, the radical realm in, in that party as well. Uh, he, he, there's a quote from him from yesterday. You know, uh, are you coming for people's guns? Bingo. What was his response? Bingo uh, was his name. out. That's how he responded. So I don't think there's any question about that. And I, I, I really hate guys. You know, when I read stuff like Donald Trump's going to destroy the Republican Party, Great. I, I I can't say this enough. I hate the Republican Party. I mean, like, biblically loathed. And you know why? Because it, it it's the biggest fraud scam going in America right now on any on any front, because it's no it's no threat whatsoever to our opponents. And it's often a better ally for them than it is for us. You you barely slow the rate of growth of where the left wants to go by voting for them. So when I say stuff like this, this isn't, and that's why you have to vote Republican right on down the line. I mean, I, I did last cycle, mainly the Brett Kavanaugh thing kind of pushed me to that point. But I could certainly foresee a scenario where the Republicans could push me to the other point 400 some odd days from now. And I'm just like, I got something else to do other than vote for any of your candy asses. You know, on any given day, I have a different opinion. Um, but but so so when I say stuff like this, this isn't so that, and that's why you have to vote Republican to protect your guns. We just told you yesterday about a Republican congressman who offered a solution that uh, to stop uh, mass shooters that wouldn't have even stopped the last two we had. Raising the, the legal age to purchase firearms to 21, most mass shooters are over 21, including the shooters in Dayton and El Paso. Okay, so, but, but the Republicans sucking doesn't all just as just as the Democrats being communist doesn't change doesn't make the Republicans virtuous the Republicans sucking at life doesn't doesn't mean that the Democrats aren't Marxists they're, they're they absolutely will come for your guns I don't think there's any question about that and I don't do that to be reactionary or paranoid I, I mean it, I'm telling you that the same way your meteorologist tells you uh, when there's a tornado warning to go to your basement, okay? Because that's what's actually happening. All right. Way Truth Life says Tulsi Gabbard will be the dark horse for the Dems to beat Trump. As much as I, I don't know, I don't want to say I wish she was doing better, uh, but there's no way. There's no way at this no point. Chance. No chance. No, 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 no chance. 
Um, Tulsi Gabbard is is uh, is is has gotten more favorable coverage from the right yep. since the last debate than the left. And I kind of see the game she's playing here. Uh, and that is, you know, after Kamala Harris knifed Joe Biden, she basically declared war on Kamala Harris. So she's she's trying to do she's trying to trying to do what what um, what, what Chris Christie tried to do in the last election cycle for the Republicans, where he realized I couldn't win. So I'm just going to take out Marco Rubio. And the reality is it knocked Chris Christie out of the race long before Rubio dropped out. And I think that's what's going on here. She's trying to ingratiate herself to a potential uh, nominee Biden by being the person that uh, went in and uh, uh, got rid of his foil for him. I don't think it'll work. I don't think she'll be on the ticket either. And I think she's largely liked more by conservative media. Um, but I think, listen, she's smoking hot, but she's also a, a water carrier for Bashir, Assad, and Syria. So we can't forget that either. Uh, there's not a dark horse in terms of uh, winning the presidency, but uh, the same thing as Buttigieg. There's, there's still room uh, for a dark horse candidate in terms of being relevant to the conversation all the way through to the end. I don't think there's room for more than one, but the, the, somebody can uh, uh, grab onto that. Uh, you don't see Buttigieg after the uh, shootings try to reclaim that with the rhetoric. He started to the red meat about uh, white supremacy. So uh, and uh, I, I, and the fact that he's gay, the fact that she's a woman, and they have the inter- and, oh no white guy can possibly grab this uh, turf. But they have an opportunity to be there till the end and be part of the debates and be, uh, you know, hammering blows that perhaps impact who is the nominee. That's possible. You want to respond to that, Steve? You let it yeah, I just said what I just said. That's what she's trying to do. She's trying to take down Kamala Harris, who seems to be the only person craven enough. Uh, now, to be fair, Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren haven't shared a stage with Joe Biden yet. Okay, but... On the stage with Joe Biden, Kamala Harris seems the only person craven enough to to try and knife Joe Biden on camera on national TV in broad daylight. She's trying to ingratiate herself to 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 the Biden candidacy by taking out Kamala Harris. She's trying to be that person that Todd is talking about. That person has no chance to be the nominee, but they could be. They, but they could try to play a relevant role in who ultimately is. So I don't know that he's saying any different than what I said. All right, let's go to Constantinos Rodinus, who says Christian conservatives should stop calling things mental illness when it is clearly a sin issue. If we believe in revival or bust, we should use the proper terminology. I'm going to, I will buy. I don't disagree. I think what the debate is, is what is clearly a sin issue. The New Testament, for example, draws clear distinctions between people who are uh, who are mentally ill and demon possessed. You know, so um, I'm just following my cue from that. Doesn't mean I'm right in how I'm applying it. I could be wrong in how I'm applying it, but there's clearly a distinction between mental illness that manifests itself in destructive and self-destructive ways, and just someone who has uh, you know been given over to their own depraved mind. That distinction is drawn by the Lord himself. I'm simply trying to emulate that. Um, I, don't, I, I don't view drag queens as a mental illness, for example. That's just sinful behavior. All right, That's lasciviousness. I think when someone takes that, though, to a form, or they even skip past that cross-dressing form and go right to a form, go right to uh, the practice of self-mutilization, 
or self-mutilation, to me, I, I view that as mental illness. You kind of because you just kind of skipped right past the, uh, you know, I, I enjoy life in the in the red in, in the red light district a little too much. To now, I'm going to deform myself. Now, I could be wrong about that, but I don't disagree with him with his premise. I I, I just think the scriptures. Well, I don't think it's the scriptures do draw a clear distinction between mental illness and and pe- people who are given over to sin uh, in in the New Testament. I'm just trying to emulate that. Don, mm, I think there's a both and going on here. Uh, Steve's answer uh, is outstanding, but what allows for mental illness in many respects to kick in is is the environment of sin that people are wallowing, both knowingly and unknowingly. I've said before, not, not enough churches just remind you at the beginning of the ma- hey. You're all here because you're sinners, you know? There's that vibe of, uh, you know, it's it's the Osteen nonsense, which is why it's important that that box is back there. A lot of your churches, not just his, are convincing you nonsense like he believes, that this is the Oprah show you're at. You're not. So a sin, an environment laden with sin, and why we need to talk about sin more regularly, uh, helps create an opening for a lot of things, including mental illness. Yeah, I think I said this on the show last week or a couple of weeks ago. That uh, any malady whatsoever, whether it is our own direct fault or our own responsibility or passed along to us from our parents or what have you um, or, or anybody else, it is a result of sin. Uh, it is a result. It is, it is an image of the fall in the garden. It is a, a reverberation, an echo of that. So I think Todd's answer, or kind of the, the both and thing, I think that is correct. But yeah, I think everything is, every malady is a result of sin. It just depends uh, upon how you apply that. Uh, we'll move on to John McNair, who says, Dr. Petter, Dr. Pepper is better than root beer. I didn't realize this is a debate. I think this is probably all going to be, this is going to be a unanimous buy. I mean... Is that can you make an exception? Buy. On this show, yeah, that that's an easy buy. I'm not. I there I is, don't think America is, would agree with us. I because there's a lot of people who just and root beer. I if I'm in a particularly like nostalgic mood on like the right summer day, it's kind of like a root beer. It's like tapping into something, and sure. I think that might speak to a, a lot of Americans. But yeah, on this show, I mean, it's a. It's an easy call for I think this show to say Dr Pepper. Yeah, I don't even I don't even know the brand name of the root beer you can get at the Iowa State Fair. There are these little root beer stands. I don't know, maybe a half dozen to a dozen of them. I think that root beer, whatever the formula is for that, I think that gives uh, Dr Pepper a run for its money. Also, Barks Barks root beer. I think that gives Dr Barks Pepper root great. Uh, a run for its money, but does not exceed that. Moving on, Tim says Christ will return before the Lions win the Super Bowl. Bye. I uh, I don't think it, I don't think it's biblical to make specific predictions about uh, about the Lord's return. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take the high ground here and Jesus juke you and sell just on the premise of the question. You're buying, Todd. Oh, I'm I'm buying. I I have sat at the feet of the Master uh, regarding the Lions. I've I've had multiple occasions with this guy uh, in the other room right now. Where we've been watching live. And all of the things he's talked to me in theory, and I haven't argued. I mean, I've watched the Lions my whole life as a Packer fan. 
but I've seen it twice since I've joined the show where he and I are watching a Lions game together and he calls a level of football depravity to happen that actually happened. So I understand where Steve, I, I know where why he handled things the way he did, but I, I'm just going to be a good Padawan here and say, man, uh, I've seen it, man. I mean, I know it doesn't make sense to talk about the, the manna from heaven and the pillar of the cloud and that stuff, but it happened. I saw it. Yeah, that's well said as as well, Todd. And I would actually, yeah, I think I'm going to buy Can I give that. the audience an example of what you're talking about, Todd? One of the two examples, do you mind? It was... It was it, the one was we a, when we were still doing a, a, the, the night show for Salem, yeah. right? And the Lions played the Packers. One of the times was a Monday night game between your line, my Lions and your Packers. Well, that was the Hail Mary. One was the Hail yes. Mary. The other one was like a fumble on the one-inch line. Yes. But, but, but what happened is I looked at you in the break. Yes. When, when the Lions called a timeout before the Hail Mary. Yeah. And I'm congratulating and, you, and you said, nope. Yeah, and I looked. I, I said, oh, this is, they're going to convert this. And I was not. Was I hyperbolic? No, no, no. That's was the I, thing. Was I on, no, I mean, I could not have been more flat. Right. I was total chill. Right. I just looked at you the way I would look at you, you know, when, you know, you asked me a point blank question. Right. That, yeah. And I'm like, well, answer is self-evident. I was like, oh, no, the Packers will convert this. Yes. And you looked at me like, that's nuts. That's crazy. And right. And we were and we go back on the air when the play takes place. And what happened? Yeah, I know. The, the Mary worked. Yeah. yeah. And was I upset after? No, did I lose it? Just but you called day. you called that fumble too. I can't remember who who that was against, but yes. it happened on the. It actually happened within a foot yeah. of the goal line. It happened. That one sticks with me more than even the hail mary because Aaron, yeah. Aaron Rodgers has managed to do three of those for reasons only Allah knows. Right, right. Moving on, Richie Angel says conservatism will heal and reconcile its differences before the Star Wars fandom does. Ooh, this that is, is perhaps really, the best really question of the day. I, uh, I'm gonna say, I'm. I w- no, yeah, I, I sell, I sell. Yeah, it's it's more possible because of I what I know is inside of me. How I am, I am cosmically just riddled with anger about the Last Jedi and Star Wars and things. But I mean, I still, I I, I still have hope. There could I possibilities of new hope that I just do not have for. I mean, I really think the word conservatism is just like I. I does it, it? It might be more of a problem. I mean, the things that it stands for are still good, but just as a label, it might be so riddled with inadequacy and failure by now. So I got to sell. I'm going to sell too, uh, for a couple of dis- different reasons. Number one is we have no idea. I think the method of which Donald, by which Donald Trump leaves the White House is going to matter a lot about the future of this industry and movement. I think if, it's, if he loses his re-election, if he gets re-elected, um, I, I think whatever if the If he's method, potentate it, until he's 90? I, I think well, I don't, that's not going to happen. That's for, <laughs> that's for Box, okay? But whatever the method is by which the Trump presidency ends, I think is going to determine a lot of what happens in this environment after the fact. And then I also think we that a reconciliation may not be possible because it may not even be available or necessary. The rate by which the left is now aggressively moving uh, makes it, 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 a lot of people are gonna start to think 
that the things they didn't like about so-and-so or this and that before are pretty irrelevant when, um, when, when your kids, you know, laying down on top of a drag queen at the public school library. Okay. And I think, I, so I think a lot of folks are going to realize, you know, to use a star Wars reference, um, uh, we're, uh, Mon Mothma is going to figure out that she doesn't have to like um, Sal Guerrera, you know, whatever that dude's name was, because in the end, whatever you thought of Sal and his tactics and whatever Sal thought of Mon Mothma and hers, it's pretty irrelevant when there's a Death Star pointed at your face. I think that's far more likely to happen next. You just pointed out some of the great writing of Rogue One right there. Honestly, that it's... It's the best Star Wars there's been since the original trilogy. Yep. Uh, well, that's uh, part one of Buy, Sell, or Hold on this uh, Wednesday. If you hated that the last 20 minutes, you're going to love the next half hour because we've got more Buy, Sell, or Hold coming at you after the break as well. You're listening to the Steve Day Show, Blaze TV Radio, later on on demand and on the podcast. As always, if you would, leave us a like and a review on your podcast provider of your choice, uh, whether that's Stitcher or iTunes. By the way, I keep checking Stitcher. We're like in the top 50 consistently, guys. iTunes is like you know, uh, Steve Dace, I barely know her. You know, that, that type of thing. So, you know, still leave a review. Leave us a like as well. Rate us five stars. We appreciate it. We'll be back with hour number two on the Steve Dace Show, featuring Steve Dace live from the Be Free Annex after this. It is indeed the Steve Day Show on Blaze TV Radio, later on, on demand and on the podcast. I'm Aaron McIntyre. I'm the producer of this here show, along with Todders and show editor. And the guy whose name is actually on the show, Steve Dace, is in the Be Free Annex. More on that in just a little bit. Coming up on the rest of the show today, we'll finish out playing our weekly edition of Buy, Sell, or Hold with a little help from you in the audience. And then at the bottom of the hour, Daniel Horowitz from Conservative Review will take us inside politics as well. Uh, I reminded you before the break, you know, giving us a like, a rating, a review on your podcast provider of your choice. Go ahead and follow Steve or any of us on Twitter. At Steve Dace Show is his Twitter handle. And give us a like on Facebook as well by searching Steve Dace. That last name is spelled D-E-A-C-E. Well, if you weren't listening at the top of the show today, you might have missed the explanation for this strange, wacky, weird setup we've got going on today on the Steve Day Show. It's because we have and are dealing with an infestation of stingy things here at the Steve Day Show studio. If you were watching the show the last or listening the last couple of days, you might have noticed some things kind of weird and out of the ordinary. And that is a result of this infestation. Steve had to move to what we are calling the Bee Free Annex because... There are, in fact, no bees in that annex, and that's why we call it the bee-free annex, and also because there's a bunch of bees in here, too, and he's allergic to stingy things. Uh, So that's why he's not in studio right now. He's just in another part of the building. And Steve, are are you surviving so far over there? Are the walls closing in? Are you starting to um, sing songs to yourself to help pass the time? How, How are things, really? Well, I mean, this this it's not as dope as Mark Levin's, you know, bunker in an undisclosed location, but it beats dying at anaphylactic shock. You know, let me put it this way. It's better than Hillary. 
That is well said. That is, that's, um, you know what? I think we can just close in prayer and go home on yeah. this. <laughs> we do. I mean, seriously, Steve, we, we've got your back, but I just want you to, we just, we, I just want you to know, I think and I, I can speak for Tom as well, or Tom. What's your name again? Todd. Hi, nice to meet you, uh, yeah. Adam. Uh, <laughs> I think I can speak for Todd as well. We really do um, just relish any opportunity to delight in and poke fun at your impending demise. Your thoughts? Well, you guys know I'm not generally a fear-based creature, you know? I, and it's not that I don't have fear. I just, you know, I, I have a tendency to feel like if I start to, that's exactly what I got to do if I'm afraid of it. Yeah. This might be the first time you guys, since you've worked for me, where you have seen me, because you know me, I will try to find a way to win every situation, right? Yeah. This might be the first time I'm, you've ever seen me actually admit a defeat yeah. and just take the L. Yeah. Yeah, that is, uh, that is, that's true. I mean, I'd never, I'd never seen you just hit the eject like you did the other day. Uh, that yeah. was, that was pretty, that was stark. That was stark. That's, that's what it was. Now, I lay down my life for you guys. I'm not laying it down for some damn wasps. All right. Well, that's. I good might lay down for wasps like you guys. But uh, I'm, uh, 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 white Anglo-Saxon Protestants. There it is. I didn't know when we were going to get to that. Todd's more told depravity than I am now, so he's an honorary wasp. There you go, Todd. There you go. True news. All right. Let's continue with buy, sell, or hold the weekly game where we decide. I throw out a statement for Todd and Steve, and they decide whether they're buying, selling. Or if the answer or the phrase or whatever is thrown out there is just so ridiculously dumb, or they can't just you know make up their darn minds about it, they'll hold on it. And uh, we play this every week, usually with a lot of help from you, because I'm lazy. Can I ask a quick question? What's because that? I can't stop thinking about it, I just depend on it now. Later this segment, will there be a terrible list that will drive Steve mad? Usually, Yes, there will be. Okay, you usually preview it, and I, right. now I just think about it. And now I want Steve to think about it. Part yeah. two of Buy, Seller, Hold brought to you by our friends at creditrepair.com. A low credit score could keep you from a lot of the things you're working hard for in life right now, like a new home, a new car. Did you know maybe even a new job? More and more employers are looking at credit scores these days. So, and that's not all. Maybe you, you end up getting approved for what it is you're trying to finance, but you get stuck with the punitive interest rates because your credit score is not as high as, as other people's are or wh where it needs to be. That's where the specialists at creditrepair.com come into play. They can help you work to repair your credit uh, and improve your score by removing inaccurate negative items like late payments, charge-offs, uh, even collections and bankruptcies. Uh, here's the free or the number right now to get the free credit score and evaluation. This part of the process is totally free. Just find out where you really stand. 1-800-501-3199 is that number. 1-800-501-3199. Now, the free credit, uh, credit score and evaluation is available to everybody except those who live in Georgia, Mississippi, Ohio, and South Carolina. For the rest of you, here's what happens when you call. When you call 1-800-501-3199, they, they'll give you your credit score and the evaluation as to why that score could be where it's at for free. Then you will decide from them, they'll give you an idea, hey, here's what we think we can do to help you raise that score. You then will decide from there if you want the service or not, all right? So you can find out where you stand for free and then decide whether creditrepair.com is where you want to go to do something about it. 1-800-501-3199 is the number, or you can just visit the website, creditrepair.com. Credit 
All right, we had some good buy-sell-hold suggestions last segment. This one is really easy, though. John Hensley says, If Republicans have control of all three branches in 2020, they still won't repeal Obamacare and secure the border. Or defund Planned Parenthood or, or anything else. Yeah. Bye. Anything else you want. Yeah. yeah. Bye. They will sit around and wait for federal judges to die. And then you're going to be kind of 50-50 on whether that the nominee is, is, is you know, worth uh, a, a spit or not. That's about all they'll do. Bye. Of course. Of course. Yep. All right. Moving on. So Fresh So Face says the fact that people think uh, the fact that there are people who think Titania McGrath is a real person is a sign of the times. And that sounds funny on its face, but that's a that's actually a really good. That's really that that's actually a really good observation. My opinion. Top three accounts on Twitter. Number one is the Babylon Bee. Number two is Titania McGrath. Number three, Super Seventy Sports. Those are the those are the best three accounts on Twitter. I'm a I'm a I'm I'm a I'm all in. I'm a total buy on Tatiana McGrath. Totally in, all the way. And you can tell. Uh, uh, if we had him on the show. The gentleman behind Tatiana is 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 enjoying the added bonus of the trolling that he ultimately is doing on the people who agree generally speaking with what he's doing but don't know that that person is fake and he you can tell that makes him giggle all too and i i what, that's cool what, what, what that guy and, and the babylon b folks are doing is in the 90s when political correctness first became a thing there was a series of these books that were about you know little tiny books that were made like and and, and they were called politically correct bedtime stories and uh, and and the size. Do you remember these, Todd? The size of the books were even like a children's book. Yeah, I do. And and Rush Limbaugh found out about these things, and started pumping them on his show, and they blew up. You know, before we had before we knew what viral was, these things went viral, became New York Times bestsellers and everything else. They're doing the social media version of what the, what those books were doing back in the nineties. All right, moving on. This is Russell Lerno. Mint chocolate chip is the best ice cream invented. I buy sell. I like I okay mint. That's okay. Mint is okay. I want that in my toothpaste, not in my ice cream. I I don't. I mean, I know people who really like mint chocolate chip ice cream, but really, is it better than homemade Butterfinger ice cream? Heck, no, it's not. Um. I just, yeah, I just don't understand. I just don't understand that. Why would you want to in- enjoy something that's sweet and minty when that mintiness is really supposed to be on your toothbrush every morning? I just, I have a, I have a hard time. Well, one potential solution is just not brush your teeth. That's a potential solution to your dilemma. True, yeah. Of course, it creates other dilemmas, but I'm just saying. Yeah. For me, here's how much I love mint chocolate chip ice cream. I have had to, except for Christmas time, I've had to avoid it over the last few years because I ate so much of it. I mean, I was like sweating. I'd go to the gym and I'd sweat mint chocolate chip ice cream. All right. So I'm a total buy. I'm in. Todd. Yeah, I've sold. It's not, I'm not a big dessert guy. It's not close to my favorite. And I don't think it's probably in the top five of American favorites. So yeah, I got to sell. Understood. All right. This next one from C. Gobe says semi-automatic, uh, semi-automatic and other quote-unquote scary-looking black guns will be confiscated in America 
before the wall is built. That's a narrow well, buy. I, I've never believed there was going to be a wall. I mean, I, I said that from on May 3rd, 2016, when he clinched the nomination, uh, when we dropped out. So, I mean, I'll speak. Let me, let me tell you how confident I am there's never going to be a wall. I mean, first of all, the Supreme Court last week told him he could use the funds to build the wall. Where are the construction crews at? I'm so confident there's never going to be a wall. Here's a question. I will buy on what happens first. The wall gets built or Dace speaks at CPAC. Okay. I'm speaking at CPAC before that wall gets built. Oh, that's how confident uh -oh. I am happening. Yeah. Wow. I'm going to uh, go the other way um, because of how hard the push is right now to confiscate uh, guns. I think, I mean, and they want bloodshed. I mean, yeah, they want the guns, but they, they, they whatever. If, if some people have to be shot for this to happen, uh, that's cool with them too. I mean, these people are inciting a war. That's what, I mean, Ca Castro, uh, it's, uh, um, what's her, Nicole Wallace. Look at, look at the things they say. And afterwards, well, well maybe, sorry. I don't, they, they really want, um, these guns, uh, one way or the other. So I think, I think the guns, are, the, the gun grab is going to happen. Nicole Wallace, Bushy. And if Jeb Bush had won the nomination and won the presidency, she'd be in the White House right now. Yeah. Yep. That is true. Uh, we'll move on. Bradley Schick says, regardless of reality, neither Democrats or Republicans will change gun laws due to pushback from constituents. I'll put that. I'm uh, going to put a time frame on that within the next six months. Sell. So, Trump's going to do something unilaterally like it after Vegas when, with the bump stocks. So, so. Here's, here's why something's going to happen this time. The NRA is in complete and total disarray, most of it of its own devising, number one. So the, or, the, 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 the resistance is not organized. You still have Gun Owners of America, which is a great organization. I love Larry Pratt. I've known him for years. But – and they're probably growing right now in light of what's happened to the NRA, but they're still not the, quite the presence that the NRA is. So, so the resistance is, is scattered and divided, number one. But number two, the suburbs are the battleground in this next election cycle. And this is where these mass shootings are now spilling over. And, and there's no question the suburbs have become more liberal. They're not communist, but there's no question they've become more liberal. I live here. I know that. So there's all kinds of soccer moms in the suburbs that just want this stuff to go away, all right? And there's gonna be all kinds of politicians who need to win suburban voters in order to stay in office that are gonna come up with something that they can say they did to try. Yeah, and it's also, this is related to my last answer, it's just gonna get that bad. It, I, I meant what I said about this being round two of 1968. Problems we never took care of, just like in World War One. It's it's going to get bad, and then the psychology that Steve is talking about is absolutely going to kick in in one way, way or the other. All right. Constitutional A-hole says MCU Phase <laughs> 4 will do just well enough to greenlight Phase 5. Which will bomb so hard Disney burns the down the crew uh, burns the crew down and starts fresh or buries it like it never happened. Uh, first of all, I love your name, but I'm going to sell. Um, you have to understand, uh, progressives don't respond to market forces like that. Um, 
I didn't say they don't respond to market forces. I said they don't respond to market forces like that. They're never going to give you your viral moment for a Tucker Carlson monologue on Fox. They're never giving you that. They're, they're never giving you the, 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 the one line, I can write a column about it, the blaze. They're never, or Matt Walsh can write about it, the Daily Wire. Or Ben Shapiro can do a speech about for Young America's Foundation. They're never going to do that. Now, I agree with what you're saying about what the business outcome of this is going to be. They're going to narrow their audience with what they're planning for phase four. I have little doubt about that. What they'll do is there'll be subtle changes. And they'll never even they'll never say they made them, nor will they be asked. They'll just get away with making them in order to draw you back in so they can then go back and do whatever it is they want to do later on. This is the game, all right? So they're, they're never going to wave the white flag, you know? Any, any any progressive admitted to you that their food stamp program sucks? Any progressive ever admitted to you that, you know, we've got, uh, you know, they did nothing to help poverty with the welfare state? No, they're never going to do that. And and they're never going to, when, when they when they go so far with social justice worrying, wor, warrior stuff that uh, the box office is down for phase four collectively, they'll blame it on the lack of an Avengers movie, yada, yada, yada. And they won't admit that that's why it was. And then when phase five comes, you'll see they'll make subtle changes, but they'll just never admit why they did that. Todd. Yeah, that's that's about right. I, I think some of the individual movies have a high likelihood of bombing. And I, I just because of what they managed to pull off up until now, I, I want to give them the benefit of that as much as possible. But they just can't they can't do about what they're about to attempt to do and not have some of these movies tank by their standards. Jeffrey Richardson says there will be a pumpkin spice flavored Coke. Man, I'm off the caffeine, but it's August. If you're at your local grocery store, you know what that means. Pumpkin spice, all the things. Bye. Bye. In fact, I'm going to buy my wife pumpkin spice perfume. Bye. And then, honey, send the kids to the send the kids to your moms. All right, bye. Sell, sell. Come on, you you put just about every other flavor in the Coke. Let's draw a line somewhere. Let's be decent. Yeah, pumpkin spice cocaine. What do you think, Todd? Well, uh, there there seems to be no differentiation for you on that front. (laughs) It's the same. Uh, Moving on, Elliot Evans says, by 2025, Netflix will go the way of Blockbuster as a result of increasingly stiff competition, i.e. the new Disney, Hulu, Hulu, ESPN Plus bundle. Now, I don't know if you guys saw this yesterday. I think it was yesterday it was announced that the pricing for the Hulu, uh, Disney Plus, uh, ESPN Plus uh, bundle is going to be like 12 bucks a month, which is a dollar cheaper than Netflix's premium package. That's a pretty pretty attractive thing. I'm not totally sure what all you get with ESPN Plus, if that's the main channels or if it's just its own thing. Still, that's a pretty pretty attractive offer, I'd say. I, with ESPN Plus, what they have planned is you'll get everything that ESPN produces on all of its channels. Yeah, that's pretty including good. Including stuff that it produces yeah. exclusively digital, okay? Like a lot of the stuff it's going to do for the Big 12 Conference and football and basketball. Um, the SEC Network, the ACC Network, it's all of that stuff. What I, I, I would have poo-pooed this a couple of months ago, or even maybe last week, because Netflix understands that its 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 business model is really an original programming now. But the announcement that Disney made yesterday, now we had been predicting all along on this show that they would eventually do this. 
But the fact that Disney is coming out of the gate with the bundle pricing, we, we told you for months on this show that this is what eventually Disney would offer because they own all of these things. The, but the fact now that they're coming out of the gate with this, and you're going to remove all these MCU movies from Netflix. You're going to remove every Star Wars thing away, television and, and movie, um, um, you know, Clone Wars, Resistance, all that's going to be gone. because Disney rolling out with this now directly. And the way that they priced it specifically indicates that their goal is to drive Netflix completely out of the marketplace. So I, I would have said um, no on this, um, but Disney has a, a you know Disney has a track record here, um, and and Netflix and Blockbuster. If Disney wants to make them their target, I think that's a good analogy, because Disney withstood the you know the video rental uh, you know craze. They're still here. Blockbuster is gone. And Disney declared open war on Netflix yesterday. So I'm going to buy. Mm, I, that's sound. And I'm endlessly frustrated by the number of you know, packages that must be bought to watch whatever is uh, in. I'll, I will narrowly sell just based like Netflix was that original and that nimble out of the gate. Like, I, they got to be able to figure out to be that again. I mean, just they have to reimagine themselves. Um, and are they the, are they already? I mean, isn't isn't this going to be one of the fastest extinctions of somebody that rocketed from you know zero to sixty in all of American business? I don't know. I hope BlackBerry. That, yeah, remember when BlackBerry revolutionized mobile phones? Sure. Okay. Yeah. And and the other here's the other problem Netflix has now is there, is is I can see Amazon come in and off the top of ro top rope now, and Amazon's like, you know, they're gonna they're gonna hit you from the west flank, we're gonna hit you here from mm, east. Interesting. And and Amazon's gonna say we've got far more revenue to produce original programming than even Netflix does. We're already competing directly with you in that space, but we're gonna squeeze you on both ends of that now and compete in that space too. So, um, I I think I I think he's onto something with that, based yeah. on what Disney. Yesterday. And the thing is, I thought that originally, I, I thought that the original program, uh, your original programming that Netflix produced, that was ending, going to end up actually saving them because that's what they needed to do. And they kind of got on that wagon pretty quickly and pretty early. But that stuff is really expensive to produce. And when you've got, you're losing people who are coming here, who were coming here for Parks and Rec, uh, The Office. Those are NBC, you know, properties used to be lost. Anything that ABC or Disney owns now, they were coming to you for that. You had some more money to actually produce original programming. Even with some of the great stuff they've got on there right now, there's no way that they're going to be able to generate enough subscribers to just keep that afloat. So... Yeah, uh, I think the writing is on the wall so far for Netflix. Moving on, we're going to go to Christian, who says Hard Knocks is the best reality TV show. That's a pretty hard sell. I think Last Chance U is the best reality TV show. You know, we're big Survivor fans in our house. We've watched, you know, every season my wife and I have since it started in 2000. So I would vote for, for Survivor. I used to love Hard Knocks. It kind of became pretty formalatic, you know, after a few years. But I've not watched the premiere episode for this season yet, but I am all in on this season with John Gruden and the Raiders. You will hear and see some things that you don't typically hear and see. And But other, but until this season, I would have agreed with Aaron that I think Last Chance U has kind of surpassed it. 
But I think this season with John Gruden will absolutely be must-see TV. But in general, our big uh, reality show that we love the most is Survivor. Uh, I haven't watched Survivor in a very long time. I've never watched a minute of Last Chance You or uh, Hard Knocks. Uh, it, you, for my money, reality, I don't does a, a, a competitive cooking show is better reality TV. I just, I would get so bored. But Survivor isn't really, I, I like the, the theme of Survivor. Would, that show didn't end up boring me. I just also, it's it's not it's not really reality i mean i get See, why they call the, it reality tv yeah. but it's just not it's have we missed the best reality show of all time right in front of our faces this one the one the 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 the, the trump presidency have uh, we missed it? Yeah, well, yeah. oh that's there's that as yeah. well see before i watched before i watched last chance you and a little bit of hard knocks i would have said the exact same thing that you because it's not real it's not reality and then I watched that, and I'm like, oh, this is a great show. It's my favorite re- reality TV show. Yeah, so there's things that are probably edited to make it uh, come across different. But as far as actual reality TV, I think that's I think Hard Knocks, Last Chance You're about as close as you can get. All right, that's it for listener sub- submissions. Now this. The top ten insects that can sting you. <laughs> you ready for this? And again, yes. when we do these lists, it means if you're buying, you agree where it generally is on the list, sell, you don't think it should be on the list, or you don't agree with where it is, or hold, you just don't know. And we'll start with number 10, and I've gotten my fair, a fair share of these stings over the years. This would be the sweat bee. You guys ever been stung by a sweat bee? They're really, really, really tiny, like three millimeters. If I've been stung by one, I probably don't know it. So, yeah, it's probably 10. Yeah, that seems right. Sure. I, I got a hold. I don't, know what it, I don't even know what that is. You've never been stung by a sweat bee? Okay. And by I the way, have, best, I, I, I have a, I just thought of one. Huh? Uh, comedians in Cars Getting Coffee with Jerry Seinfeld. Great reality TV show. I got to yeah. throw that in there. There you go. Uh, so, you're both. Uh, so, Todd yeah. is buying. Bye. Steve is selling. Number nine, the fire ant. Mm. I've been bitten by. I think a, I've been bitten by. Yeah, I've been bitten by those, especially growing up and when I was a little kid living yeah. in Florida. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll buy that. Mild sure. irritation, sure. Yeah. Nine. Yeah, got it. Uh, number eight is the bullhorn acacia ant. I've never heard of that. Sell. Yeah, I've never run into that. Sounds like something I don't want to run into. So well, that's sell. yeah. That's why you got to. I think I got to sell because it might need to be higher. I don't if if that might be nasty. Uh, the number seven is the bald-faced hornet, and I believe I've been stung by this before. They're not actually hornets. They're just really, really big flies, as I understand it. Have you ever been bitten by a big fly? I'm not. I'm selling on yeah. big fly bites. Yeah, yeah I got to sell on that. Just, okay. I mean, the deep code is, is just compels me to, even if yeah, I, I just have to. Yeah. yeah. Number six is the yellow jacket. I think, I think it needs to be higher on the list. Anything that's bee related, is, yeah. that's the only thing I'm scared of getting stung by. Yeah, so, so I'd sell on this. Bye. Todd. Bye. Okay. Uh, we're going to go number five, the honeybee. I'm more, I'd be more leery of getting stung by a yellow jacket than a honeybee. Really? So sell. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Todd has got this look on his face like, where am I right now? Yeah, I mean, sure, I buy. This seems about right, right in the middle. Uh, number four is the red harvester ant. 
I don't know. See, see, Steve's got to sell on. I mean, Steve on can't everything. go into anaphylactic yeah. shock through an ant yeah. bite, yeah. so he's got to sell on these bites. Yeah. You know what I love doing too is sometimes in the summertime, man, I'll I'll like let a piece I'll put like a little piece of food in the driveway when I'm mowing the lawn, and let all those fire let all those ants gather around, and then go get the blower when I'm done, you know, to clear off all the walks, and then just dispense the crowd. I like that. That's cool. That's a great idea. Dude's got issues. Dude's got uh, issues. Number three is the paper wasp. <laughs> I have been I have been stung by those before. And they are not fun. Wasps are not, they're not fun. No, have you guys seen any more wasps since I left? You were nope. looking up at the ceiling at one point, Todd. But yeah, I, don't I was think looking. We... I, not a one. No. Not a yeah. one. They're only here uh, when you I, are here. I got to buy on any wasp. I got to buy. Yeah. Uh, number two is the tarantula hawk, which I've never heard of. What is it? What is that? Tarantula hawk is um, the second most painful insect sting in the world. They can be found in Southeast Asia. Okay. So that's definitely that's 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 definitely uh, you know something that we would be experts. But on. it's neither a tarantula or a hawk. No, it's, no, okay. it's it's fake. It's just the worst of both. Yes. Yeah. And number one, the bullet ant. These are found in Nicaragua and Paraguay. Hmm. So the honey. It's the honey bee is is like number five. Oh, okay. I don't. I've been. It's, it's not I mean, I've been, listen, I, I'm in a different, Stephen is in a different world than the two. I've been stung by bees. I've had my oldest daughter when she was like two or three out in the garden, she got stung right by her in the face. It, you know, it got swollen, but there was no, you know, you got on with life. You stung put some, by bees too. I just have to go to the emergency. Well, that's what I'm saying. You're in a different world. Stung. It doesn't, it's all, it do, yeah, it, it hurts, but that's not your issue. So... Okay. Well, this list was brought to you by uh, Rolling Stone magazine. And when we come back, we'll go inside politics with Daniel Horowitz. Steve is uh, coming to you live from the Be Free Annex as part of the Steve Dace Show Studio compound for this episode because we are dealing with an infestation of stingy things here in the studio although we have let's not call them tarantula hawks that tarantula hawks yeah yeah i think yeah. i think the orkin guy is going to come out a little bit faster if we call them the uh, tarantula hawk <laughs> in- infestation and so when yes. we come back uh, with daniel horowitz we will uh, as always i'm sure be subjected to and enjoy a message of woe and lamentation as he always provides us uh, when he joins us here in just a little bit on Blaze TV radio and podcast. It is the Steve Day Show. Be sure to give us a like on Facebook if you can. Um, it won't matter, but we still want you to do it regardless because as so many of you have told us, you don't like us anymore on Facebook and you never clicked the unlike button. Still want you to do that. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever your podcast is sourced from. We'll be back in just a little bit. It is the Steve Day Show on Blaze TV Radio later on, on demand and on the podcast as well. Well, a bee infestation or wasp infestation isn't going to stop our weekly segment, our weekly message of woe and lamentation from taking place with Daniel Horowitz. It is time for Inside Politics with Daniel Horowitz. Stephen Daniel, you can take it away. 
Daniel's uh, appearance this week on the show brought to you by our friends at realestateagentsitrust.com. If you're getting into the real estate market, make sure you find an agent you can trust, somebody who has a, a record of actual success, a track record of success that you can quantify, someone whose marketing plan has more ideas than uh, I ripped and re read from the algorithms at, at the office and let's do another open house. And then someone who actually returns calls is personable. Uh, there's going to be demand sometimes that each of you need to put on one another at the last minute. This is just a really relational process between you and your agent. So the, the more likely of, that you'll be successful, uh, it's directly related to the rapport that you have with this person. So if you're looking for a real estate agent, you can trust, you know, the market is booming right now. So in neighborhoods like mine, you've got all kinds of various yard signs. Some of them might be companies that are new, you've never heard of before. How do you know you can trust that agent? This is different than the referral that tries to find clients for agents. This is about finding an agent worthy of having you for a client. Check out the website, realestateagentsitrust.com. That's realestateagentsitrust.com. And Daniel, it's good to see you, my friend. How are you? Hey, we are doing all right, Steve. It looks like someone's trying to chase you out of this business. Maybe you should take uh, take the cue, you know? <laughs> this is like the only time my team has ever seen me admit defeat on anything and ever just take an L. The Wasps did it. I'm I, I took the L and I evacuated the studio. Uh, so I, this is not as glorious as Mark Levin's bunker at an undisclosed location, but at least I am free from anaphylactic shock. That is, until I read more of your columns about the, what the Republican Party is is, is threatening to, to not do for us or to do to us. So we, we've had several days now after what was a heinous weekend uh, for the people of Dayton, El Paso. We've had now 12 major mass shootings in America, or 12 of the worst since 2007. As you are assessing the political fallout, Daniel, give us your read. Sure. Um, <clears throat> you know, if you have a, bo a boxing match, just purely from a political standpoint, and you have 20 opportunities to throw a punch and you don't throw it. The other side's eventually going to throw a punch. For two and a half years, as you well know, I've probably been pushing a safety and security agenda more than anyone in conservative media. Um, the border, sanctuaries, drugs, gangs, um, the nexus of that and terrorism, criminal justice, a huge issue, huge issue. Parkland, for example was the first big thing to, to set this off, and that was a man that should have been locked up. But there was a government program ensuring he doesn't as part of a broader vision of criminal justice reform. Um, there's new data now out of Baltimore that Baltimore's uh, prison population plummeted, and most of the arrests recently have been from those let out. This is a broader issue that if Republicans would have been beating the Democrats over the head with all of this stuff, all of these avoidable crimes, either from people that were let out of jail who shouldn't have been, from criminal aliens who should have been removed from the country that weren't, they would have had this suburban vote locked up. But instead, they wouldn't talk about it. They, In the case of criminal justice, they joined with the Democrats and got Trump to champion the Kim Kardashian agenda. So now the Democrats feel that they have their moment to champion uh, uh, safety and security, outflank Republicans on it and say, hey, we want to keep people safe from guns. And Republicans have nothing left but to agree with them on it. And, and that's the thing, as heinous as it was, we have to remember, as much as these things are growing because of the copy, copycat mentality, um, the cultural problems fueled with just technology and the ability to continue doing this, 
remember, it's still a sliver of the homicides we have, of the mass shootings we have, and the mass murder we have. And it is the least redressable from a public policy standpoint of all relative to all of the other issues that Republicans refuse to hold hearings on, to hold press conferences on. And I could go on and on, but we'll, we'll, we'll take it from there. What do you think of the address the president made to the country on Monday? You know, I, I think given where he was coming two and a half years into not doing what I said and seeding the message to the Democrats, he did what he can. Um, he condemned white supremacism. He, uh, you know, ta- hit all the talking points of Republicans. But again, it was very defensive. Um, I think given just his role as a healer and the need for him in particular to be one, I think it was better that he in particular wasn't more combative. But what we've seen since then is just very problematic. It's completely agreeing to the message of the Democrats that it's not the criminals that are the problem, that we don't need to target the problems. And in fact, we're weak on the problems. We cast a wide net on broad first, second, fourth and fifth amendment rights of all people in a way that's never going to address the the real issues. So, I mean, I think it's real bad. And I, I just want your listeners to know what I just said on my show, because I think this is important. What if I told you that someone murdered 19 people in their 80s and 90s years old and that we had multiple opportunities, not in some sort of like broad, maybe we could try to do something to go after the weapon in the hopes of netting him out, that we literally had him in our sights and we could have removed him from the country and it just took place and it was in Texas. And probably five people in the country know about this. This man named Billy Chemimer, an illegal alien from Kenya, at, he's charged with at least 19, but they're wondering if it's a lot more now, t- um, br- going into these senior homes or elsewhere, taking a pillow, Steve, nothing but a pillow, smothering people in their 80s and 90s, mainly women, to death. This man was an illegal. He was arrested. So the, the crimes took place between 2016 and 2018. He was arrested in 2011 and 2012 for two DWIs and assault that resulted in bodily injury, which is um, a deportable offense even after he erroneously was given a green card. He served some time in jail. He literally slipped through what was in in law enforcement, in their custody. And he went out and murdered 19 people in Texas. Now they're calling around because they think a lot of other people mysteriously just passed away in their sleep in their 90s in the area might have been from him. Steve, do you understand that this issue has every rhetorical jujitsu against everything the Democrats are doing, but nothing, nothing, no, no narrative. No one even knows about it. Well, you just described, I mean, depending on where these numbers go, this would be the most prolific, potentially the most prolific serial killer in American history is what you just described. It it could very well be. I'm not trying to be cute here. I see mm-hmm. things every day that I'm like, dude, forget about right and left. Just from a journalistic intrigue, why the hell aren't these things big stories? I mean, this is insane. Well, he would come yeah, in there, pose as a janitor to steal their jewelry. I mean, these were people who survived a lot of things in their lives. I mean, it's a nightmare to anyone. No one knows it happened. And again, 
you know, bad things happen, but there is nothing more redressable from a do something standpoint than when it comes to other countries, criminals, this is merely enforcing current law or, or having legislation to tighten some loopholes. So for example, a lot of these criminal alien murders, especially if they're legal immigrants and have a green card, um, so they could, they, they have to commit a certain threshold of crimes to be deported. So many of the really bad dudes, they have DWIs. I've seen it all over the place and that needs to be made a deportable offense. I mean, you, this, this is in Texas. The, the, tr the indictments are going on now. They're gathering more information. The Dallas Morning News is the only one covering it, but even then it's only kind of to beat down the nursing home, which might be valid, but this is a much broader public policy issue. I, I could go in case after case, sex offender, child molester after child molester, that again – a hundred percent could be avoided. Look, even if you're a total leftist, you hate guns. Nobody could look you in the eye, Steve, and say a guy who is a first timer with no warning signs and no ability to apprehend him in a free country. There's so much you could do, whatever gun of choice it is. If it's not going to be a rifle, which is more just the coolness. Now you could easily do it with handguns. This guy did it with pillows. You could do it with bombs. You can't prevent that. I could prevent every single repeat offense from every single foreign national criminal by simply enforcing current laws that we refuse to enforce. Well, you know, I saw a video from your show that you put out on Twitter today with uh, Congressman Thomas Massey saying members of Congress were never even briefed about the worst uh, mass shooting in American history. And that's what happened in Las Vegas back on, I think it was October 1st of 2017. So here we have a straight white male, you know, the object of all scorn uh, in, in current American society. And yet there is no intellectual curiosity about getting to the bottom of why he did this. There's no journalistic investigative resources from any uh, platform of significance being invested in, in finding out the answer. And I can come up with lots of reasons why that's the case, Daniel. All of them are bad. They're all bad reasons. They're very bad. And I don't want to speculate about exactly what it was. But I think, let's say, what the congressman also told me on my show is that not only weren't they briefed, you know, they were briefed after the second and third and fourth largest shootings or, you know, San Bernardino, the Pulse nightclub in Orlando. Not only weren't they briefed, but he asked the chairman of the of the House uh, Judiciary Committee because they were pushing bump stock bans and, and fixed nicks and things like that. And he said, do you even have a list? Do we have confirmed a list of the weapons he used? Because that was really weird. And it really did sound like that was the for the first time ever an automatic weapon. And if there was ever anyone who kind of fit the profile of like a James Bond, former CIA guy, I'm not saying he was. I don't know. It was this guy. And he was like, no, we don't know. So we're legislating. And we don't even know what happened. I mean, every time I write a story about criminal aliens released by a sanctuary, I explain the timeline. Here's why he could have and should have been removed. Here's why it was avoidable. And we're just like, guy, shot, rifle, gun, do something, take guns, no due process. Like, whoa. I mean, like, really? You're going to reduce Vegas to bump stocks? I mean, that's what it was about? I mean— if you're going to give in to the Democrats and say the most important thing are mass shootings, nothing else matters, no broader context, no other 
discussions of broader safety and security and crime and murder and other other um, public policy uh, issues like the death penalty, which I want to talk about. Um, could we at least have a commission to find out what happened in the you know worst shooting ever? Hmm. So where does this go from here? Do you think um, this is this is spilling over into the suburbs? This is the battleground uh, of the next election cycle, um, and it's it's it used to be reliable Republican ground. It's gotten more moderate and liberal in recent years, anyway. With a lot with you know tech giants moving their employees into suburbs all over the country, um, but. Um, it, it still was a place that was a reliable Republican voting block until Trump came along. He showed uh, undue weakness with them as a GOP nominee uh, in 2016. He still won, but barely. Uh, that block deserted him whole cloth in the 2018 midterms and are the number one reason that Democrats are in control of the Congress, the House of Representatives right now. So do all the math for us here in the couple of minutes we have remaining. Where does this go? Look, I don't want to prejudge what will happen after Democrats have a specific nominee, because I think that really could change things once people see that particular radical person. And it's not just a generic vote against Trump like it was in 2018 and like it still is now when you don't have a specific Democrat and the majority of people do disapprove of Trump. But at least until then, they're going to be seal a uh, club like a bunch of baby seals. I mean, it's it's the worst scenario. They have no narrative of their own, like I'm saying, no pushback. Um, Republicans have won when all else fails for the last several generations on some form of safety and security. That was always where they won, and that's where they won suburban voters, whether it was crime, whether it was terrorism. Um, they have ceded every other issue to the Democrats. Now they're ceding that. They're ceding that issue as well. Uh, so, I mean, look, you tell me, Steve, if you're all your public messaging acknowledges the legitimacy of the Democrat claims and how do you tones, then run against how radical they are next year? How do you do that? I'm sorry. Right. I mean, the entire Demo Republican plan is Democrats are radical socialists. They're out of, out of the mainstream of America. If you're assenting to the premises of all of their arguments, how do you credibly make that case to the same voters? Especially when you're saying the same things, albeit you just look more reluctant less passionate and sincere about it, more like you have to be dragged across the finishing line because you're scared of the voters. I, I, I don't see this ending well. The difference between a winning issue and a losing issue in politics is a hairline. It turns on a hairline. We saw that with healthcare and Obamacare. It was the biggest winning issue, but if you allow, if you see the field and you allow the other side to define you and you don't push back and you don't have your own agenda, you'll lose on it. The same thing is they could do that to immigration with the border. They're doing it with guns. They're doing it with crime and safety. Welcome to the Republican Party. I mean, we have never had a more feckless Republican Party in our lifetime than we have today. Hmm. Daniel Horowitz, thanks for taking us inside politics, brother. Take care. God bless. Speak to you later. God bless. Gentlemen, your reaction to what we heard with Dan from Daniel before we get out of here today. What do you think? His specifics are everything in terms of... Uh, fleshing out what I said earlier on the show about you can't rely on common sense anymore to finally kick in and save uh, anybody. I mean, even if Steve is right in his assessment, and even most Democrats aren't uh, card-carrying communists, uh, the fact that they let card-carrying communists uh, 
continue to run the show, just as, you know, conservatives continue to think that, uh, you know, once we just trust them uh, and get every level of Congress, uh, things will finally kick in. There's no common sense uh, to, to save us. Something far more radical, which is why we always call revival, has got to kick in. We, we have forsaken common sense, and we do it on every issue up to the point of watching murderers run over the land. Yeah, and this is going to sound counterintuitive, and I hope this doesn't sound uh, needlessly insensitive or blasé. Everything you just talked about is actually, and we said this actually on Monday in the immediate aftermath, everything that we talked about is actually more of a reason to purchase uh, to purchase a weapon to defend yourself because of the systemic weaknesses, because of the systemic um, ailments that that this country faces on every single on every single level. I'm, it is it, we are heading into, and in many ways probably are in a time of unprecedented danger. Just you never know what's out there. Uh, what's around your block as well, and I'm not sound, saying that to be alarmist. We are heading into an unprecedented time of of unrest and and danger in the United States because of the spiritual darkness that has taken over every single level of our society, and that I think Stephen Todd is is more of an argument than anything to be able to protect yourself from what from what is out there and what will continue to be out there. Uh, we've got a couple minutes left here as well, and um, I don't know any any final thoughts from you as well, Steve. Uh, before we sign off, revival or bust. Uh, I mean, I, I I'm really not trying to be a broken record. I just everything else is an act of of just self defense. There's 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 nowhere else you're going on the offensive nowhere else you know we i just wrote that book truth bombs there and i talked about the one issue that we've actually played offense with in my career is on the second amendment and you know the organization that led a lot of those fights has imploded over i don't know if it's corruption i don't know if it's petty i don't know i don't i don't know what's happened but it's imploded you know and that's that's kind of a snapshot for where we are right now so it's 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 revival or bust. Agreed. And uh, that'll do it for today's show as well here on Blaze TV Radio. And you'll uh, catch the podcast hopefully uh, later on if you missed any part of the show or on demand at blazetv.com. We'll be back tomorrow we'll, where uh, Steve will hopefully be back from the Be Free Annex. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace on the Blaze Radio Network.